0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, joined as ever by Josh. Good afternoon, Josh.
1: That's good afternoon and a uh, a happy new year, it would appear.
0: A very happy new year to everyone. Um, We hope everyone had a most pleasant holiday. Slash holidays. Slash whatever you celebrate. Um, City didn't, but that's just sort of something that we'll be dealing with in the next however many minutes we do this. Um, So, as we record this, we speak to you, and you will hear this before we speak to you on the eve of the Liverpool game, um, with City sitting seven points off the pace now. I do not believe that was the case the last time we talked to you. Um, A few things have happened. Um, (laughs) Okay. I I think it's fair to say that if they don't win tomorrow, the title race is over. And so I guess this is
1: important. (laughs) I think if they rescue a point out of it, it's not entirely over. But if they lose, it's as done as done can be.
0: I see all these people like, oh, you know, not all these people. There aren't many of them. But, I guess
1: you should really rescue a point out yeah, of it. But, it's it's either it's either win or lose because the know, team is the top. <laughs>
0: but I, I see people like yeah, even if they're ten points behind, you know, you never know if they're gonna reel off fifteen unbeaten. And Liverpool's approach might n-. it's hard to make up ten points in what seventeen games.
1: Yeah, that's it's really the, hard. That's, that's
0: the point we're getting to here. If that happens, and I would not count on that happening. Even you know people post that that picture of the table from when City were seven points behind, or uh, or however many points behind Liverpool in 2014, with like five games left, and I'm just like, well, first of all, they had games in hand, and second of all, um, I don't, you know, City have been rather fortunate in two of their title runs in a certain sense, and that the teams they have they fell behind in in um in in the uh, the new year. Um, at times, by fairly significant margins, and then the watched as the teams ahead of them basically choked.
1: Well, on top of that, I would I would go as far as to say is is that Brendan Rodgers, while it would have been difficult to judge him at that time, uh, the last time Liverpool collapsed in a title race, it would have been difficult to judge him because at that time we were still judging him, so it was it was sort of an ongoing process, but. Jurgen Klopp has an established record. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. He is going to keep Liverpool up there. He is going to, at the minimum, keep Liverpool close. Like, this isn't going to be a situation where it's Claudio Ranieri's Leicester and you're just hoping that they slip because you have more talent than them. Like, Liverpool are as talented as anyone in the world on their day.
0: And the other thing is, like, if you if you look at the the, the other teams, you know, in 2014 it happened because a Brendan Rodgers was naive and not really a great coach, and two, um, that was the era when. Jose Mourinho could still win a big game by putting out a second string, parking the bus, nicking them on the counter, getting lucky when Gerrard slips, and then watching as Liverpool desperately fling shots at the net from 30 yards from the entire second half. And win a game like that. Who I don't know who's going to do that this time, because uh, after Thursday, they will have played City twice. That'll be that for that in the league. And they have already gone to Chelsea and gotten a point. Thanks to, to Daniel Sturridge's only contribution of the entire season. Um, and you know who? Where, they've already taken Arsenal apart. Arsenal are not going to stop them. You know, I got. Ch- I don't know that. Ch- I don't really see Chelsea going to Anfield and, and, and doing the job. Um, they haven't gone to United yet, but United are United. I don't remember if they have played at Tottenham or at home against Tottenham yet. Um, I, I can't remember right now, and it will take me a second to find it. But, let's see, when did you people play? Oh uh, yeah, Tot- Tottenham already faced um, Liverpool at home and lost. So that, the second game there is going to be at Anfield as well. Um... So you look at the other big teams, and you have to ask yourself, you know, which of these, who of these people can we rely on to take points off them? And the answer is really none of them. Yeah. So you're 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 going to end up, either way this goes, relying in a situation where it's probably going to have to be in one of those what I call stupid away games, um, against probably a lesser opponent where stupid things don't go your way. And that's gonna have, it have to happen a couple times. Will it? I don't know. It could, but on the evidence, it hasn't yet. So I, I you know, I, I I'm not naive enough to sit here, um, in literally the first two days of January, and say it's impossible. They're not gonna drop points. Um, there's no way. They're too good because things happen in this league. They still do happen in this league, as evidenced by Crystal Palace walking into the Etihad and taking three points. It, right. You know, weird things happen in this league. That's not something that any normal, well-adjusted person would have ever predicted. Um, but it happened. So, obviously, but we are getting into the point where we are relying on unlikely things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Which makes the game so important, because uh, relying on unlikely things at 4 points back is a lot simpler than relying on uh, unlikely things at 10 points or even 7 points back. So, for me, it's about as close to a must-win as you can get.
1: Yeah, it's it's probably as close to a must-win as you can get. Not to mention that... I, don't, I think you look at if if city doesn't kick on in this game, if if they can't somehow start to manufacture a little bit a little bit of that magic that they had last year and that they were able to use to uh, to uh, become centurions, uh, it, it it's not even so much that I I, I am relying on, and oh, th- though that's not. Untrue in any sense of, uh, of, of the phrase, that I'm relying on, on unlikely things to happen, it will then shift my thinking from rather rather than me relying on things that aren't going to happen to be relying on things that aren't going to happen with City itself, rather than the rest of the league. Um, you know, if you can't get motivated for this game when you're down seven, there's really nothing that's going to motivate you this year. And, and and I say that including the Champions League, like unless Pep is tinkering with things because I, I don't know, maybe he figures like I want to get this stuff right ahead of Champions League, we're gonna sa- sacrifice the league to win Champions League. But but I just I don't I don't I don't know if I could buy that. That's Pep doing that i don't know Is, i don't yeah. does that make sense I, think, I, I can't see pep doing that no, like yeah we're just that, screw the league we don't I want think,
0: it i think that um even if no matter what happens tomorrow we will continue to see a very traditional approach um i mean it's tra- traditional being a relative word here but a typical guardiola approach even in league games no matter what happens tomorrow um the only moments that I could see that possibly changing are if they are well behind with the Champions League tie looming, at which point they might tinker with, th- or uh, you know, spell a few guys, drop Phil Foden in there, things like that, but um, it's they're, you know, I'm not really worried about them being up for it. The crowd's going to be up for it. Um, the, I, the players will be up for it this is they will have the world stage everyone will be watching I believe it's the only game in town on Thursday um, and it's it's the, those, are, those are the big games that as you said if you can't get up for them then you shouldn't don't have any business playing and I don't think that's going to be a problem for them um, you know it's the, the, the thing about the Liverpool games over the last year or so is it's, it's not that I think that they haven't gotten up for them. It's, you know, it's been other issues that we discussed at length on the podcast at the time. Um, I take heart in the fact that it's a home game. And I take heart in the fact that this exact same team should have won at Anfield three months ago. Yep. Um,
1: and... God, that game is so painful to think yeah, about. Yeah, it, no, it gets worse
0: uh, and worse as the more time passes and the more things happen around them because you know, I I don't know. You know, one thing doesn't you know one one thing changes in the timeline and everything else after it can change, but you know uh, it's hard to imagine that we're not having a very different conversation if Briad Mahrez converts that penalty, um, but. I am heart, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's really funny to boil this down to one guy. But the fact that Fernandino is playing makes me feel a whole lot better than I would if he wasn't. Because if he wasn't playing, um, I would sit here and tell you that uh, they're probably going to get blitzed. And I can sit here today and tell you, I don't know how this is going to go. I think both teams have a chance. Yeah, you know, obviously Liverpool have a chance. They're playing is better than anybody else right now. City are going to have to do some things to them that other teams haven't been able to do to them, like score. <laughs> um and but but the fact is City have somehow in the year that they probably should have been getting cover for him, they're somehow more reliant on Fernandinho than they ever have been. Um and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, is. If you look at the defensive numbers, he has had to do more in defense this year than he did really at any extended period in time last year. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the press breaking down, if they're not pressing well enough at the top of the pitch, that people are just blowing right by them. and uh, you know, Because if it, without the ball, and this is going to sound like I'm cheapening him, but in reality it's what makes him the most important thing. When City are playing without the ball, Fernandinho is essentially meant to be an insurance policy. You're not not supposed to have to rely on him. The press is supposed to do its job, and the ball doesn't get that far. And, uh, you know, it's...
1: It's sort of like having a luxury you don't... You're not Uh, supposed to need and don't need.
0: If you you need... It's like
1: having a gun in your house. You shouldn't have to use it, but if you do...
0: If you need him, he's there, and he's very good at what he does. But if your system is working the way it should, you won't need him much. That's basically Fernandinho's role without the ball. And this year, clearly, for whatever reason, at least in the last month or two, the system hasn't been working the way it was intended to work. And he has had to do a whole lot of breaking up counterattacks, and and he can't do it all, and guys are suddenly getting into much better shooting positions. And... You're giving up more chances. I mean, how many games in the last month has the first attack on City ended in the goal? Several? Too many. Too many. Way too many. I believe Leicester. I believe Crystal Palace. Um,
1: It feels like one of those things. It's almost like the Raiders, dude. Like, uh, in almost in a sense. For as long as I can remember, the Raiders have been an undisciplined team. Like, just been a a penalty-grabbing... Um, just personal fouling, you name it, that's the Raiders, right? Like, we're all familiar with the Raiders. Um, for as long as I can remember, City seemed to have allowed in the first goal off the attack. And, um, it just seems like this worse, that it's actually regressing to the meat of of where it was. Um, prior to Pep coming in, and and Laporte coming in, and this defense changing shape and looking better than it was, it now seems like City have regressed back toward the mean, where in and, and, and typical City, things are starting to happen again.
0: It's a bit of a throwback to uh, the first year of Guardiola's era before he really figured it out. Um, when we had so many games where it was like, you know, City would get 15 shots to three, but one of City's would go in and all three of the other teams would go in. Um, because quality of shots matters, quality of chances matters um you can you can take fifteen shots, but if they're all pot shots from thirty yards, then that's not very useful um yeah. it's it it's very much and if you look at the two losses and I'm not going to you know I'm not really including the Chelsea game in this because that was a very bizarre game in which city were basically dominant for forty minutes, and then they gave up one stupid goal at the other end and then basically. Fell apart. Um, but in the loss to Crystal Palace and the loss to Leicester, if you look at them, you know, those are games where City had okay chances. Crystal Palace scored a wonder goal. Leicester scored a lightning bolt. And you can take those goals away and you can maybe give City one of the other chances and you can give them a messy 3 2 win against Crystal Palace or you can give them a messy. Um, 2-1 win at Leicester, and you can look at it and say, well, you know, they won, but they didn't play well at all. We said that a couple times last season. There was a stretch, uh, it was mostly in November and December when they were nicking a lot of late That that run that Raheem Sterling went on, where he basically scored every goal in the last 10 minutes. Um, They did have that run last year, but the difference last year was that, one, they were limiting the chances well enough that they would give up one goal a game, and with the attacking power in this team, one giving up one goal, while not optimal, doesn't kill you. And two, they had the nerve to come in late and take the points and keep the unbeaten run going, which I think, that whole stretch was a pretty pivotal run in why they ended up winning the title, because I think a lot of people were counting on them to do what they ended up doing this year in the in the winter period, the festive period, which was... Drop some stupid points, and give the chasing pack a route back into the title race. They didn't do that last year because they went on that run where you know they okay they're not playing the best, but late goal here, late goal there, soul crushing stuff for everybody else watching. Great for us. Um, and they snapped out of it. They played much better. But that's seen the That's the difference essentially between last year and this year. Is that last year around this time of year, when City didn't play at their best, at worst, they drew. And at best, they were taking points anyway. This year, they're they're actually being punished for every single mistake that they make. Ruthlessly. And that's the way it's supposed to work, and that's why you can't make that many mistakes at this level. Because even Crystal Palace will punish you when you do dumb
1: things. There's too much money. There's just too much money in this league now. And I and I don't say that as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. Inherently, we're getting more competitive balance. At least in theory, it is harder now to just show up and assume you're going to get the points as teams used to do back in ye olden days. Like, you I just showed I, up.
0: I, I also think that there's an even greater argument than ever this year for the fact that, look... If even if you're not the richest team in the world, if you do astute business in the transfer market, you can really accomplish some things. Because look at the top three right now, um, City because Tottenham have already played this week. City are technically third right now. They're a game. Um, they they are Tottenham have played an extra game and they're a point ahead of them. Um. So right now, City are behind two teams that are nowhere near as financially. Um, sturdy and you know not it's not that they're flimsy but they don't have as much money as city do liverpool have just completely smashed the transfer market they basically haven't missed on a signing for the last two years and everybody that they sign contributes um and in tottenham's case you know they've signed guys but they literally didn't sign anyone last summer anyone and everyone looked at them and thought well they're screwed now And now they are in second at the new year. So there's a good argument to be made that there is more money in the league than there ever has been before. And you can look at teams like the Everton's of the world and even lower than that, spending 20, 30 million on players. Um, And there's an argument to be made that yes, money still matters, but only to a degree. And if you know what you're doing in the transfer market, you you can upend the... The, the established pecking order, so to speak, um, and and that's what that's what we're talking about. Like you've got West Ham signing Felipe Anderson.
1: Um, West Ham just signed Nazri. They
0: did, um,
1: and so. I mean, not that Nazri is some big ticket yeah, player, the, me, but, but, but yeah, at one point
0: that would have been something ten years ago. <laughs> it's <You're real>. <laughs> but you know,
1: it's and you just look and I. Th- with the exception of Liverpool, I think my point with Nazri is that once upon a time you wouldn't get old grizzled veterans playing. Like they would move on and follow the money in a less physical league. Now you actually have veterans of 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 either La Liga or the Premier League, whatever the case may be. Like they're they're retirement destination is for some podunk ass team in the Premier League because they can make insane wages um, and, and the expectations are what? Like, look at, and, hey, and, and, eight wins is good for some of these teams in a calendar year? Well, Am I wrong here?
0: No, you're not. And I would also add look at, you know, Look at the list of managers in this league. Now, West Ham have a Premier League winning manager at the helm, in Manuel Pellegrini. Um, You know, obviously,
1: semi finalist. Yeah. Um, You know, West Ham's Champions League semi finalist and league winning manager. Like, put that in your pipe for a second and smoke it.
0: Um, you've got. Rafa Benitez has won the Champions League and is managing Newcastle. Um, You know, just looking down the list here, Claudio Ranieri has won the Premier League. He's managing Fulham. He was brought in as a mid-season replacement to manage Fulham. Um, And then you've got guys at the top like Klopp and Pochettino who haven't even won anything in the Premier League, but it doesn't really matter because they're such good managers. And... (laughs) Really won anything anywhere? Yeah, Klopp won things at Dortmund, but <laughs> not a lot. You won know, the Bundesliga, I think, was it once. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, uh, um, and 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 Pochettino's never won anything, but it doesn't, you know. He's c- still considered one the of the best managers. The cream, the cream rises to the top, as, as the saying goes. Um,
1: And Pochettino's probably going to get some really hard looks at that vacant Manchester United position.
0: I I frankly think that he will either end up at United or Real Madrid within the next calendar year. Um, I don't think that they can keep him much longer unless they do what they have never really done in the past and heavily invest. And I don't really see that changing either. So, you know, I, I... the, the standard has, has risen in the last the last it's a very recent development honestly it's it's only happened in the last four or five years that, that this has started to happen so
1: the Premier League money starting to you know, flow in it was the TV deal
0: it was the last you know the, the fairly recent TV deal that, that came in just flushed everyone with cash Um... And so they're, the the you know the financial imbalance is huge, and here we are. So, with the exception of Liverpool, every Premier League team has lost some weird games this year. The moment Tottenham get in the title race, they lose three one at home to Wolves. Um, Cities last month. Chelsea have lost to Wolves and at home to Leicester. Um, you know, you can go right down the list. Everybody but Liverpool. You know, Liverpool have no defeats. City and Chelsea are the next in line with the fewest defeats, and they both have three. So for all the talk about, you know, oh, you know, City have ruined the, you know, it's pretty clear that they
1: City have. City have not ruined
0: the, the league. The league is not ruined. Nobody's yeah. going to sit here and accuse Liverpool of ruining the league if they win the title in, in a, in, without really any competition this year. They've spent a lot of money. But you know But
1: then, well it you see not, you can spend money as as long as you're one of the pre established teams. If you're one of the new teams uh-huh. that spend money, you're ruining the league. Right. And
0: and 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 it's 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 not a narrative that I'm interested in getting involved in, but <laughs> it is the narrative. Um and 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 um so, you know. Does money matter? Yeah. Are you more likely to win things if you can consistently spend a lot of money? Yeah. Do you have to know what you're doing? Uh, Manchester United says yeah. (laughs) So, uh, it's... it's, I, I think that this year is going a long way toward disproving the notion that money buys everything and that is the only thing that matters and the end. Because we are getting an abject lesson an object lesson in the fact that if you have money and you spend it wisely instead of spending it on players that your next manager is going to want to ship out the second he arrives then you can absolutely
1: punch above your weight I, I think that for a long long time Leicester are going to be the last surprise that win the Premier League
0: I guess, um, although I guess I would ask what you would consider a surprise like would if Tottenham were to win the league would you consider that a surprise
1: not on Leicester level because yeah, let's yeah. be real that, that's never going to happen again in sports I would
0: say anyone outside of the top six Okay, yeah, yeah the top c- six that consists of at this point Liverpool, Tottenham, City Chelsea, Arsenal, United anyone other than that winning the Premier League in the near future would surprise me
1: there's a couple teams that I think if they kicked on and, and got a solid investment that I think they could be competitive again simply due to history, like Newcastle's one of those teams that I think could be competitive again. If, if, if
0: Newcastle had an owner that cared, Newcastle could absolutely compete for top six. They're, they're a
1: huge club. Yeah, they're an absolutely huge club with an insanely large fan base. Like And an owner who won't spend a penny on them. And 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 I run into it's weird because even out here in like Bakersfield, like I know so many tunes. And I'm like, how the hell do I know so many tunes? Like this is Bakersfield. This is basically Texas in the middle of California. Like it is an oil country town. And and there's like a a savage amount of Newcastle fans out here, and I'm the only city fan I know of in this day oh, excuse me, Derek Carr uh apparently was introduced to Man City, City by a teammate. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. A I, knew team... about, I knew about Aaron Rodgers. I did not know about, about that one.
1: Yeah, a teammate introduced Derek Carr to City and yeah, actually City even gave him a jersey and everything, and I'm like, this is a joke. I covered him. I should get a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Proximity to greatness is greatness, right? For those
0: of us who covered his rise, what's in it for us?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I stood outside that man's house on two nights of the draft, okay? Literally right outside his house. They brought us they brought us food, so that was cool. You can't complain about yeah, you can't complain about that. They ordered pizza for all the press and everything. They're actually an insanely nice family. I trashed Derek Carr quite a bit on Twitter. But he's actually a really nice guy, always has had time, and, and yeah. But, but, but yeah, Derek Carr is a City fan, so <laughs> I only know that because I covered the dude. But, but yeah, I don't understand how there are so many tunes everywhere, how this cl- – I mean, I do, I do. I understand how a fan base gets that large. What I don't understand is how you have a fan base that large, and then you ignore them.
0: I'm not a Newcastle. So I don't I don't care for Newcastle. I'm still frustrated on behalf of the fan base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just... I mean Newcastle are, are neither they neither bother me nor do I like them. Like yeah, they're just kind, kind of there.
0: I'm ambivalent
1: really. They
0: they're just they're kind of like they they're the jersey shore of the Premier League. Um, and and, and if someone spent money on them, they could be Real Housewives instead.
1: Sad. That's sad. Sad exclamation point. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, um, so what do we realistically, because we've talked about everything but what we actually think is going to happen in this Liverpool game, which I, I kind of get the feeling we've just kind of avoided. Yeah. Because, I,
0: feel, I, I feel like we, we're both hedging because we know what we want to happen, but we also know what could happen.
1: We also know what will likely happen. Like, this City have the yips against this team. They have the yips. Like, I don't want to think that, that like, they can beat Liverpool in a game in which you could argue that Liverpool don't care as much, but they can't seem to beat Liverpool when Liverpool care.
0: It's our sample, the sample that we have to go off is a weird sample because they won that game 5-0 last year, but there was the red card involved and Liverpool had not yet found their footing at that point. That much was clear.
1: After that, they, they
0: didn't, got, they didn't really hit their stride until the new year, and after that, they were they
1: rolled. You could argue that the second game is when they hit their stride. Yeah. After that, it was pretty much all but over yeah, for yeah, City. The, the four three,
0: um, and then there was the Champions League, which was a case of naivety. And I would really like to see that game played if Guardiola just sticks with the system that he had been, but that can't do that now. Um, I'm not going to say throughout the second leg of the Champions League. But, first of all, they should have been up 2-0 at halftime. Second of all, it was a a very weird situation in which they were forced to chase a game more than they normally would, and then they got killed on the counter in the second half. Is it relevant? Yes, it's absolutely relevant. Is it your typical game situation? No, it wasn't. Um, And then there's this year's. So, it's been a weird mix of everything. And they haven't played as poorly at home as they did at Anfield. Has Laporte lost the step? Is is he a little confused right now? I don't know. I think the whole defense is a little bit confused right now.
1: Um, and is this I, is this is this because City? I, I'm not going. I'm not saying that he will be this forever because I've I've seen people come back. From like, Look, Derek Rose, okay? I'm just going to bring up Derek Damrose. Um, but, but, but as far as sports, but is City's defense not where it should be because Mendy ultimately has not been what City paid for, both in terms of on-the-field performance and his consistent injury problems? And I'm not saying he won't be. I'm saying he's not now. You're correct, and the flanks
0: are a huge issue right now. Because the other thing... But yes, keep in mind is that it puts a lot of pressure on the guys who are there, uh, namely Kyle Walker, who did not play well against Crystal Palace, and that was a huge factor in that defeat. Um, you know, we can say nice things about Sinchenko, but he's not a left back, and I'm, yeah. I don't think he's good enough to be playing left back at the level that they're they're asking him to play left back at. I don't even know if he's good enough in general to play at the level that they've been that he's playing at. Um, I just – I don't know that the guy is going to
1: last. Yeah, I don't – I don't I – I, I just don't, kind of see a, Fernando. I
0: don't see a future of, for him here. I think he You're can right. be a good – a Premier League player, but I don't think he'll be a Premier League player at the standard that City will demand. Um, and you, you've had – and with Delph having to shuffle around because Fernandinho was hurt and he missed a couple games – And they very much had to throw John Stones into a holding midfield role, which he's not as good at, puts more pressure on the defense. The flanks are exposed because the flanks are um, not, you know, if Kyle Walker has a bad game, then you're in trouble. And then you look at the fact that they had other injury issues with De Bruyne missing and Silva missing for a period of time. Which took away a lot of creative force in the midfield, which forced the creative wingers to just sort of run into alleys. And basically everything went wrong all at the same time. But the flanks I are are have been the biggest problem with the defense because if you put the center backs under to too much pressure, you know, I don't you know, they've certainly haven't played great.
1: I saw somebody ask this, and I'm gonna ask you. Do you think that there's something missing now that City have gone to Stones and LaPorte? Like, look, Otamendi was a damn general last year. That's why he got the nickname The General. Like, he was fearless. He would dive in, and it wasn't he was actually making smart tackles. Like – When when Otamendi was first acquired, it was like, wow, this guy's a huge bust. And then Pep Guardiola got a hold of him, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's a really good player. And it seems like City signed him to a contract extension and then put him by the wayside. And we're like, you know what, we're going to go with this Laporte... Stone's partnership, and it's funny because on the very last podcast, we were talking about how they were probably maybe one of the best defensive pairings in the world. Oh, what a difference a podcast makes. Um, They still might be, who knows, but but I wonder if a little something isn't lost with having Otamendi on the sidelines as often as City have.
0: A little bit of grittiness, maybe? I would buy that argument a lot more had he not started the you know... They had him in the Crystal Palace game, and look what happened. He yeah, game.
1: but but is that really fair to him? It's hey, not. we're not gonna play you. Not gonna play you. Not gonna play you. Not gonna play you. Hey, this one game's your fault. It's not. I, I'm
0: it's not. By no means am I saying that game was his fault. Oh no, I'm not. I'm but, not saying you were.
1: I, I'm just saying, is is it is it fair to say? We would buy that argument a lot more if he hadn't blown that one particular game after not getting an extended run of games after basically starting for an entire year.
0: I think there are times when that's beneficial, but given how well that pairing was playing in the past, I think there's a bit of revisionism. I think the far bigger deal in those games... Was the fact that against Crystal Palace, um, the, the midfield consisted of John Stones in a holding role next to Bernardo Silva and Ilkay Gundogan, with uh, with the with Kyle Walker making a lot of mistakes at right back, and in the case of the Leicester game, uh, basically the same thing. They had David Silva back and they had Kevin DeRoyne back, but. Uh, in that in that game, no, it's just that 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 sort of pivot of the of the deeper midfielder and the two center backs, Laporte and Stones, plus Gundogan just didn't play well, and Delft didn't play well either. Um, you know, I I hear what you're saying, and I'm not going to dismiss it outright because sometimes that attitude helps. But considering how well they were playing at a certain point, although the stats show they were still giving up more chances, so maybe I'm just completely off here, but. You know, I don't. I don't really. The center back pairing wasn't really a bother to me. Um, in in a lot of these defeats, I think that the issues were fairly diagnosable in terms of it, it lying a lot in the midfield and a lot on the flanks, and that leaves the center backs exposed. Now, if you know your center backs are being exposed, is Otsmane a better option? He might well be, but in Pep's system. He designs it so that, in his mind, his center backs aren't supposed to be exposed, and if they are, then something else is not working. Does
1: that make any sense? It does make sense, but but the role that Otamendi plays, I feel, offers a bit more grittiness. Like, Otamendi's that defender who's going to get—like, Laporte's the defender who makes the technical play. Otamendi's the defender who makes that gritty and tough play that you, when, if I'm gonna, if I, if I can borrow from American football here, when you need a stop, when you need a turnover, Otamendi's the guy that gives it to you. When you need something done technically well, you go to Laporte. I feel Like, Laporte and Otamendi is a pairing I would consider, even though both of them, I think, play with the left foot.
0: Otamendi's a right footer, I think. Yeah, but he
1: traditionally plays on that left side.
0: Yeah, he has in the past. He did last year. But I, I guess the question I would ask you is, you know, as you pointed out, it's not really fair to blame Otamendi for playing poorly in one game after sitting around for a month. Is it even less fair to throw him against Liverpool in such an important game yeah. in the same with the same scenario fair. in mind? Fair. I'm like, not saying
1: do it for Liverpool. No, I'm no, saying, you know, when you go up against, like, a Fulham or something, like, okay, let's try this out. Like, you, ha- you obviously have to be smart about the execution of, of a switch like this, but I think that there is something to be said for may john stones has been the weak leak in the defense for as long as i can remember it's only been recently that he he's really played well and he has consistent patches like he did at the start of last season and then he tailed off then then it then it all fell apart for him after the injury similarly john stones started out really well this year and now i think he's fallen off a little and he's been asked to do some things that yeah, you can see why Pep uh, has tested him out in the holding center field role. It makes sense. Like it hasn't, Yeah, it makes sense, it, but it hasn't done any favors. No, it hasn't done him any favors, but but you can see the logic behind it, especially given with what Pep did at at Bayern Munich with uh, Phil Lom.
0: Especially I mean, this, he, does, he doesn't have cover at that position right now. No, he doesn't have any cover, they, and, and, they and they're supposedly the not getting it. They any. screwed up the summer, and I'm going to say that again. And I was too nice to them at the time, but they screwed up the summer again, and they just, they signed, a, they made one luxury signing a year after
1: winning the title. But that's a whole other topic. Um, it was, it is really frustrating that they botched this summer. And now, the word is, and, and you know what, I'm just going to say I hope this is the case, because I've got no real information that, that it is. But... But me f- hoping that City... All right, the January transfer window is, is 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 now open. Do something. I realize you've said you're not, but excited. I hope that's because you've opened your frickin' mouth the last couple years, and you've been burned by opening your damn can, can, mouth. Can, can I
0: just your- say that I think, in part, City are way too wary of public perception of them sometimes and they don't want to spend money in the summer because they you know they, they don't they they don't, they want to obviously set, name their own, they they want to name the price that they want. They don't want to get taken for a ride. And I get that and I don't mind that. But um I think there is a certain part of it is motivated by the fact that that they the, the a lot of this is frankly a vanity project for the ownership. No, let's be blunt. Yeah. There is there's a certain degree of, of 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 this this is this is here to make some people look good. Um as somewhat of a PR operation. They're committed to making it the best club that they can, but one of the motives behind doing that is it's going to make us look good. Um and I think part of that transcends to how they do business in the fact that City were held up as such a poster child for ruining football for so long and they are, you know, they say, look, now that we are here, we, have, we are, we're the centurions, we're Champions League contenders, we can be more picky in the transfer market. And we can spend money, the exact, the only the amount of money that we want to spend on only the players that we want. Should they go after only the players that they want? Absolutely. Uh, they have screwed themselves over making dumb signings in the past. Um for the sake of making signings, basically. Or falling to third choices or fourth choices on their transfer list that just didn't fit that well. They shouldn't do that. But they should be so much more cutthroat in the transfer market, and I think part of it is that they're so worried about how they come across. Memo to City! The people who don't like you are not going to suddenly like you.
1: Yeah. Spend yeah, in your fact... frickin' money! <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I would argue that it's only going to get worse as you start to build more success, as as you chase after league titles and ultimately give Pep more, because, listen, I mean... Pep's not a guy that likes to spend a lot anyway. It's not like he has an extraordinary track record of spending other people's money. He knows how to bring in players, and he knows how to sign players. But if you look at the year-to-year with Pep, it's largely the same. Um, so I think that some of this does fall in line with who Pep has always been as as a managerial style. He's a guy that likes to bond with his players, and then and then ask that group to run through a brick wall for him, and then they're happy to do so. You know, nine times out of ten, Pep's teams are absolutely happy to do that. Um, it's it's that one out of ten times where things just. Pep outthinks himself. He gets too smart for his own good. City don't reinforce when other clubs go out and spend uh, a ton of money uh, to do so. And and Riyad Mahrez has been a great signing, but but can you say it was worth sixty million? Uh, maybe. Maybe at some point. Not yet. One of the problems with the Mahrez signing
0: is that they were signing a player in a position of strength already. Yeah. Um, it was not their biggest need. They did not address their biggest need, and it has come back to bite them the last month. Um, the, the other thing that I would say before I lost my train of thought... Um, well, this is fun. <laughs> 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 um, what was I thinking about while you were talking? You were talking about...
1: I was talking about I was talking about if uh, if Morris has been a quality signing at 60 million and, and, oh, and
0: I remember okay um,
1: it's it's
0: depending on who you believe and who you read there is some talk that Pep is not entirely thrilled with the decision not to buy in January not to the point where he's going to like raise a stink about it or he's going to walk over it heaven forbid but a little bit frustrated um, so I think he knows apparently he wants a left back which I don't. Grudge one bit, um, but you know it's. I think that the, a degree of caution and has settled into how city act in the transfer market, and I think that their problem is not you know being cautious or being selective. I'm fully endorse them being selective. Not being selective enough has led to a lot of stupid money on the books, um, but but their problem is. You know, look at how they handled uh, a Fernandinho deputy last summer. They put all their eggs in the in the uh, Jorginho basket, spent all summer waiting on him, and then he ended up going to Chelsea and they were left empty-handed with all their other targets
1: gone. Fred, Well, they lost out on yeah, Fred they right lost away. lost out
0: on Fred, who, uh, you know... I'm going to chalk Fred up to uh, Mourinho not knowing what to do with him because that has been a colossal failure for United so far. Um, you know, it's, they, they've just been, they very much put their eye on one or two guys. And if those one or two guys go elsewhere, they're just like, you know, publicly it's, oh, all right, well, we'll try again next summer. And then you have to go through a season watching and Fernandinho gets hurt for two games and it all falls apart. And it might cost them the title. So, I don't, I don't know. There, there, I, there has to be that balance between cutthroat and picky enough that that you can find a happy a happy medium between the two i don't know if i'm being overly idealistic in that regard but i don't think they hit the right balance last summer and i know hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's it looks worse the more time passes
1: yeah, it's starting to look worse and worse and worse, especially given um, the fact – I don't even know that Jorginho's had a tremendous amount of success in the he Premier started, League either. He started out much better than he has been lately. Yeah. I was going to say I seem to remember hearing more about him earlier on in the year, though that could also be because I was listening for more of it. About-
0: <laughs> Chelsea's form has also faded lately.
1: Lot. I think, I think, I think sorry is, is people are, as you would expect, it's a new manager. People were struggling to adapt. Now, now like they just failed to score
0: at home against Southampton. They just went 90 minutes without scoring against Southampton at home.
1: Which is really strange to think for a sorry team struggling to score. Like,
0: yeah, you would think that the 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 reverse would be the issue, but that doesn't seem to be the case. That Chelsea right would
1: be would be giving
0: they, up they would, goals. That they would be they would be scoring a ton of goals, but just leaking goals. Basically, what Arsenal have done <laughs> just it, leaking, uh, leaking goals constantly at the other end.
1: Unai Emery is such an overrated boss. He is a great mid-club manager, but he is just not good at a club with money. Emery
0: feels better than he has been because they were so dormant under Wenger that he feels like an improvement. And frankly, he is an improvement, but the level that he's going to take them to is not the level that they want to be at.
1: I also wonder, though, if it's easier to be... I, I had a buddy, an ex buddy that always used to say this, like, you never want to be the guy who follows the guy. You want to be the guy who follows the guy who follows the guy. Like Absolutely. It, you I mean, Aaron, you, ne- you almost never see a Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers situation. It doesn't it doesn't trickle back like that. There's almost mm-hmm. always a Josh Allen or a Nathan Peterman or or just uh, a Taylor Lewerke, somebody in there that just sucks. And, and I, I don't know, dude, I, I just, I guess we, we, we started out on this conversation by, by asking about the game. So, so let's get into some specifics here with the little time that we have left. Okay. How, how do you see this game? We'll start with the, with the quick, how do you see this game playing out? Does, can city get it going here?
0: Can they get it going? Yes. I think they will score goals. My concern is more about whether they can prevent goals. That's that's where I lie right now. I think that both teams are going to go for it. I think it's going to be very open. And I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think there's going to be a lot of caution involved in this one. Because City know that they are essentially playing
1: for their title lives here. They know that you if might, we might as well go for it because at a certain yeah. point you know you're going to finish top four anyway. So yeah. you might. So
0: they, they know that they are well aware, based on what Guardiola has said, that they are playing for a chance to stay in the title race, and that if they don't win, then that 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 is gone. They've lost it. Um, Liverpool, on the other hand, are going to come into this game knowing full well that if they win this game, they have essentially driven a stake through City's heart. It won't be over. But it will be one heck of a slog, if they han- especially if they handle their business. And not only that, but they're a confident team. They, they like us, do not change the way they play for anybody. So, you, I, I expect that you will see a game where both teams are obsessively trying to kill off the other. Because they know what it means if they don't. The stakes are... The stakes are obviously higher for City than they are for Liverpool. That's just inherently a fact. There's no way around that. Liverpool can lose this this game and still win the title. City can't lose this game and still win the title in my mind. So while I, I while I do think don't think, you know while I do think that Liverpool will have it in their head that they can afford to absorb something a little bit more than City can I don't think that they will let it change the way that they go about their business. They're going to go for the kill, because this is the last chance they're going to have to go for the kill head-to-head like this. And I think that they that Jurgen Klopp, win or lose, will regret it if he doesn't go for it when this game is over. They might lose 4-1. I don't think they will. They might lose 4-1, but if Klopp says, we went for it, I think he'll just say, look... I would have regretted it if we, had, if we had done it another way. And Guardiola, I think, is going to tell you the exact same thing. Even if they, they, they get blitzed, he's going to say, Look, it was do or die. And we died, but we died trying. I think that's what this is going to be. This is going to very much be two teams that one smells blood, and the other needs blood. The other has to draw blood. And so they are going to go into this
1: completely attacking each other. So who who comes out on top and what's your what's your actually alright, I, I I see it similar to you. I, I think there may be some caution that creeps in into Guard or not Guardiola's head, um Klopp's head. Um, depending on what, like say say if City jump out two or three nothing.
0: Yeah, I think and, if, if City jump ahead, then I think Klopp might try to li, to go into more damage limitation mode because we're at a point where goal difference matters. Right. Um.
1: I don't, you know. And on top of that, you're not going to want to if you're Jurgen Klopp. You're not going to want to have a game whereby City are, are up like 3-0, 4-0, somewhat similar to... You
0: to... don't want to get embarrassed. Well, and you don't want to have a guy
1: to injured get... yeah. trying, to, trying, trying to make something happen, you, you know? Don't want, you,
0: don't... you don't want that. You don't want to get embarrassed, and you don't want to let City, you know, get a result that is so emphatic that suddenly th- the feeling around the feeling changes around everybody. You want to skate, you you know, if you're Liverpool and someone tells you you're going to lose this game, then you say, well, all right, I hope we lose it 3-2, 2-1, as opposed to 5-1. Because that does matter. It matters mentally. I'm not, like, a huge obsessive believer in the whole momentum thing, but I absolutely believe that significant results, one way or the other, can have a lingering mental effect on a team. There's no way around it.
1: So, what then is the final score of this game?
0: I am going to be bold. I am going to go 4-2 to City because this team has done too much for me in the last calendar year for me to doubt them now, even if I probably should be.
1: I don't like doing this. I I, I, I said what I said
0: in part because I knew you would do this.
1: Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Um, I I see it going 3-1 to Liverpool. Um, I do think City will score. I also think there will be another opportunity in there uh, to make it a bit closer of a game. And um, it, it, I, I think City so, will have an opportunity to tie it up at 2-2. Um, They won't. And, uh, you know, so, Liverpool, so you're, you're Liverpool bang of, in. You're kind of going with a version
0: of that Chelsea game two years ago where City had certainly had their chances to win that game and then
1: they didn't take them and they got killed for it. Yeah, I, I, I just... I'm not, not necessarily the, in the same order. It, yeah, I, I see City maybe starting out, grabbing the first goal, Liverpool coming back, scoring, everyone thinking, oh, okay. And then, you know, I, I City either having a chance to go up 2-1 or Liverpool catching them on the break and then City having a chance to tie it and they don't. And then I just think the resulting disappointment from that failure to tie... Is, is going to result in, in then Liverpool having another chance and burying it, thus leading to the
0: 3-1. That is a fair prediction. I will not judge you for it, because I can see that happening. I, this is one of those games where, like, if I, if I close my eyes and think about it, I can basically see any result happening and me not being surprised by it.
1: Yeah. Um, this game could be 10-2, and there, I would... There
0: are, there are certain results that I think are more likely than others, but they, you know... There, like you know, if City win this game, will I be surprised? No, I won't. Be. City win. Who's your man of the match? I'm going to do something stupid, especially considering history and logic and everything. But if City wins, I think Raheem Sterling will play a role in tearing Liverpool apart.
1: Mm. you are really going out on a limb here.
0: I wouldn't say that if it was a if it was an
1: away game, but it's not. Look, here's what I figure: I, I I don't think it's actually true in the sense of like people like to say he's due. Yeah, that's not how statistics work. You're you're never due. Statistics are statistics for a reason. Uh, but. Um, Raheem Sterling is due to have a good game. Like, you can't you cannot possibly have all bad games against Liverpool in your entire life. Like you just cannot, right? Right.
0: Right. I, I will say, if you're looking for a more realistic prediction, Aguero has a fantastic scoring record against Liverpool in his career. Yeah. That that, that would that's prob- probably the
1: sane prediction to make. <laughs> And see, that's kind of what Aguero plays into, because I think what happens is, is maybe City get a penalty, and rather than having Mares, you know, get that opportunity to to redeem himself, they'll go with Aguero, but Aguero's opportunity will be saved. Like, Aguero will overthink himself, and then it'll get saved by Allison. Which would make me vomit. Right. See, but that's how I see it playing.
0: Imagine if City lose the title race because of two missed penalties against Liverpool. Could you ever? You, I would tear all my hair out. Oh, my God. All of it. Every every last piece.
1: I probably wouldn't watch the final day of the season. Like, I just wouldn't. I'd just be like, yeah, it's not happening. Well, you, you know, you should turn on NBA. No, not going to do it. But Liverpool just won the league. I don't give a shit, Dave. <laughs> Not now, Karen. <laughs> is there a chance we can get the national title game on the same day as City versus Liverpool's just so I don't lose my sanity this week? Um, yeah, I I I just I hate saying this, but I I really do think it is Liverpool's year.
0: It certainly feels like one of those years where they're getting all the breaks and everything sort of, you know, I alluded to Daniel Sturridge scoring a wonder goal against Chelsea. That is the only thing Daniel Sturridge is going to do all season. We both know this to be true. Yeah. We absolutely know this to be true. And had he not done that, they would have lost that game. But he did do that. And here we are. Well, so, let's sort you know, of end these, on... These championship teams, you know, you saw it with City last year. Things happen to them. That Things just go their way. And it's not like inherently lucky or anything. It's just like they force things to go their way. And so far this season, Liverpool have done that. Anyway, carry on.
1: I was going to say, so let's, let's close this out then with a random run at, at two things. Okay. One, do City bolster in the transfer window? If they lo- if, if, if City, if City go and beat Liverpool, let me ask you a better question rather than, than than a vagary. If City go and beat Liverpool, do you think Pep takes this and says, "Okay, I've closed the gap to four points. I want a left back."
0: No, because I know how this operation works, and it's way too cautious for their own good.
1: So you don't think if City are are within are under five points that Pep can somehow convince Mansoor, even if it's a role-playing left-back that nobody would blink at City bringing in. Just, we're talking about a guy, maybe he's he's going to be out of contract at the end of the year. We're talking about a six-month loan for all intents and purposes. Or no, something.
0: because they don't do stuff like that. When was the last time
1: City did anything like that? They don't do that. Fair, fair. It's
0: just not really in there, you know. It's, it's not it's, in the wheelhouse. It's just not really in the way they operate.
1: All right. They're, they're not really... Alone. I'm trying to talk myself into a scenario whereby city go out and spend the money I want them to spend... To bolster a position, I want them to bolster, but you're oh, not playing my game. No, I mean I'm, <laughs> the city aren't playing the game. You're just, just I acknowledging. Just,
0: I just took my turn as the optimist while you were the pragmatic realist. Now it's time to do it the other
1: way around. <laughs> uh, fair, enough. fair enough. Okay, so knowing that, regardless of the result, well, I guess you can't say regardless. If city win, where do they finish in the league? If City beat Liverpool to, on Thursday, second, second, still to Liverpool or still to Liverpool.
0: nobody? I don't think it, the. I, I think the only teams that finish ahead, the only team that finishes ahead of City will win the title, and that's going to be Liverpool. Okay, you so can, you can it, flame me alive for this in four months when I look like an idiot, and I will welcome it. it.
1: Hey, I, if Liverpool do not win the league, I will turn myself into old takes exposed. Um. Okay, if City do lose, where do they finish? Still second. Still second. All right. So no matter what, you're predicting a second.
0: I think they'll finish second. I don't think, I don't think, Tot- you know, I don't think Chelsea have the consistency to finish ahead of them. And I don't think Tottenham will finish ahead of them.
1: I think Chelsea finish ahead of them in third if they, or and Chelsea finish ahead of them in second if they lose against Liverpool. I agree with you in second place if they win. I still think. That seven points is a lot to overcome. Um and, and by all means, if Liver drop a BS game against like Fulham or something like that, then then and City win on Thursday, game on for the title race. But um I, I I'm I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't think City I mean every second. comeback starts somewhere. Every co- you
0: know, every you cannot you don't make seven points up overnight. You gotta start somewhere, and this is the place to start. If they're gonna if they're gonna do it, this is where it starts. Beyond that, I don't know, but you know, I just that it's not really you know, they're not they're not gonna be looking ahead because they know that if they lose this game there's no point in looking ahead. Um Well So
1: that's where yeah. I'm
0: at.
1: What yeah. 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 Uh- <clears throat> We had to watch the painfulness that was Michigan State and UFC football this year, and now we're having to watch City flounder around after one of the most exhilarating sports years of my entire life. But uh,
0: Honestly, I will, I will not get over Liverpool winning the title. That will make me very mad. But if will. City lose this game, if they can just go on a run in the new year and just win...
1: You'd be fine with that.
0: Not, I will not be I will not call it a successful season, but I you know You won't call it a wash?
1: At the end of the day, I just want to see my teams win. I just want to see my teams do well. Like, you there can only be one champion every year. Like, I mean, unless it's baseball in which you can be a division champion. we d we've we've figured out a way to reward the most mediocre of accomplishments in all of sports. Um but I truly just want to see City finish well in the top four and make an honest-to-God run of the Champions League. If City cannot win the title this year. If City
0: lose to Liverpool and win the Champions
1: League, then I actually will. Be fine. Be fine. I am good with that. Yeah, I, I will turn on Liverpool's championship performance. Actually, I won't because yeah, I well, I, <laughs> city city will not have played in the in the Champions League final by that time. So I will say I will
0: say I like Jurgen Klopp. I, do. I don't think there's a lot that could make me hate Jurgen
1: Klopp. Yeah, I like Jurgen Klopp a lot. It's, it's just, the whole,
0: it's the rest of that whole rotten
1: operation that makes me. Mad. Yeah, I just and you know what really really sucks. I am a diehard Red Sox fan. I am a die hard Red Sox fan and and this past year was great. And I went from being like, yeah, come on, John Henry, to being like, come on, you worthless son of a bitch. Do nothing for that club. Like the way that, the way that I come around on John Henry and Fenway Sports Group is it given what time of year it is, is, is a miraculous sight to behold. During baseball season, I love the dude. During football season, I want the entire operation to burn to the ground.
0: The other I, thing that I dread is if Liverpool win the title, then the press is going to talk about them like they've just cured cancer. But <sighs> I'm just trying not to, you know, I just, I'm trying not to think about it. just Because I will just get angry if I do.
1: Well, then then let's call it there, because I don't need to get angry thinking yeah, about I, it
0: there. I, I will save my anger
1: for... If some. I I, I I stumped for some last night, but it was at like three in the morning, and didn't expect us to get I anything. I
0: forgot to look, so um, yeah, I don't I don't see any, but yeah, I um, that's okay. Um, your- I will I would just say I will I will I will withhold my anger until I see how tomorrow goes, and if they win, I will continue to withhold my anger, and and if not.
1: Do you, I will unleash it? I will
0: unleash the anger in intense waves across the entire world to feel.
1: I don't even know how, but I've got like five or six Liverpool supporters on my timeline that are like good friends from the football, from the the American football world. A lot world. of American Liverpool back supporters. Oh <sighs> God. Um, screw it. It's amazing how many people love Liverpool and hate the Red Sox. And vice versa. It's it's truly amazing. Like, well, I don't understand how you could support a team like the Red Sox. Who's your soccer team, Liverpool? Okay. <laughs> One of the two most successful clubs in English football history. Okay. <laughs> All right. It, depending on how you measure the success, it, it would be the most successful English club. Yeah.
0: Anyway, before we before we rage against the dying of the light here too much, um, uh, we are on Spreaker slash Blog Talk Radio. I did it. I'm getting it. You did. You are. I, I'm learning. Um, we are on iTunes. You can search for us, American, American <laughs> Citizens. We are on Twitter at America Citizens. Um, it's belated now, but if you haven't listened to Josh on the Blue Moon Podcast... Or given money to the Blue Moon podcast. It's a, it's a couple weeks old. It is. It's still worth it.
1: Of Raheem Sterling, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the Blue Moon podcast with Dave, I really do encourage you to go out there and and, and give that episode a listen. Um, Leon Bailey was on the podcast as well as myself, ex city striker. Um, and, uh, it was, it was he, I, and David, and it was just a tremendous, and I think there was somebody else on there, but it could have just been Leon and I, I think. Um, it was just a tremendous amount of fun, and, uh, we really got a chance to talk about the racism that Raheem Sterling goes through, and I got a chance to sit and to listen to Leon's own experiences. Um, you know, being a, a, a an African American strike, well, not, <laughs> why did I say an African American? He's British. Being a black Brit. Uh, <laughs> God, I, hate, I gotta just gotta stop using African American entirely. I just need to say black. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I apply that to people who aren't even from America. But uh, it was it really was a fascinating thing. I mean, because you sort of you you know racism exists. Like it would be if you don't. Well, you should. But it, it's fascinating to sort of. Take in and listen, the experiences that, 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 that different members of the club have gone through, even just doing the same day to day activities. Like it's, it is truly fascinating. And, and that was probably one of the cool, coolest podcasts I've ever been on was with Leon. So if you get a chance to listen to that, I won't pr- ramble on about it any longer, but please do so. I had a lot of fun with that. And, uh, I do believe Dave said we're going to try and do some more stuff uh, together, so you can look forward to seeing more of us on uh, on uh, the uh, the Blue Moon podcast in the future.
0: Absolutely. So, for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.